Cult Collectibles is the number one site for historical items from the People's Temple, Heaven's Gate, Om Shinrikyo, and many other cults that you never even knew existed. Hundreds of hours of work have gone into curating our collection of unique and one-of-a-kind items from the dark history of these groups. We also have a large selection of true crime memorabilia from such notorious cases as Edmund Kemper, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and many more. We add new items to the site every week and post sales and auctions on our Instagram at Cult Collectibles. So visit us on the web at cultcollectibles.org today. So the way we always usually start this out with is just kind of talk a little bit about yourself and like what got you into horror in general. For sure. Um, well, I mean, I'm a lifelong uh, genre fan. Um, I grew up being introduced um, to like the old Universal monsters. My dad, a uh, big fan of that kind of era. That's how he grew up. Those are what he watched. Um, you know, the old kind of Vincent Price uh Edgar Allan Poe uh, movies, all the Lon Chaney stuff, the big Boris Karloff fans. So like that really started me in that direction. I was hooked pretty uh, immediately, always kind of uh, rooting for the, the monster, always kind of feeling bad for the creature or, you know, whatever. So, um, and that's just kind of carried me through Um and I feel like my progression as a as a fan was is not uncommon. I just kind of found more and went deeper and and uh, and it just spiraled out of control. Right. <laughs> um, when did uh, when did the itch to start making stuff begin? Well, that, that's an interesting question because um, that was really late uh, in the game. I'm from a, a super small town uh, in upstate New York. I know nobody in, well, I do now, but I, I knew growing up, nobody that even had any kind of, not even a distant cousin in the like film world. It just always felt like something that was like totally out of my reach even if I wanted to do it. So it wasn't even something that I was really thinking of. Um, what I did fall in love with at an early age was, was acting. I, um, I did a lot of theater uh, growing up, a lot of children's theater, a lot of professional theater um, in my older, uh, as I got older. Um, so that kind of felt um like I knew people that were doing that, uh, you know, the actors that I would work with uh, on stage and stuff. But 
a, a film i mean i i would i didn't even know that like people made mo- it just seemed like such a foreign idea to me um but then and i've told this story before but um there was a uh, uh in 20 i want to say 2014 maybe maybe 2015 but i think 2014 um uh in syracuse new york which is was about a three-hour uh drive from from where i lived uh there was an underground film festival called slaughter in syracuse um which no longer uh runs and i'm super bummed about it that was it was really great but this year um it was like you know fred vogel was showing uh something and and uh you know maggot was there showing one of his films and you know all of these just like pretty heavy hitter underground filmmakers and um i went uh you know there was nothing like that around me and and i was super excited about it so i went and then one of the first movies that they played was um a movie maybe uh you're familiar with uh it's a tantrum uh by james bell and it kind of blew my mind um that's the first time i'd ever really seen even like and i had experienced underground cinema I don't know, something like those other movies, you know, Fred stuff or, or Brian Pollen stuff or whatever. It just, it, even though it was homemade and even though it, it just seemed still just like, Oh, I, I could never do that. It's cool that like these people, I, I didn't know. Um, but James the tantrum really changed that for me. Um, I was like, Oh, you can do this. And he did this. And, and I don't know what it is about that movie. It still remains my favorite uh, James Bell movie. Um, something about that, like, told me that, like, oh, if I wanted to, I could do this because whatever the fuck I just saw, I don't know. So he made that and nobody else was going to make that. So he, like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's a, it was a tough kind of feeling to, to explain, but um, I met him after and he was super cool and we've worked together uh, since. Um, so after that, I kind of started to think about maybe possibly one day being able to do something, to make something. Um, and then the excuses started uh, of why I couldn't started to go away slowly and slowly and slowly. And then uh, 2018, I, I made my first uh, thing um, with with just some friends from from work. I, I moved to Manhattan. Um, I was working at this place, and there were a lot of people that were actors and just kind of like fed up with having to wait for permission to do what they wanted to do to be creative to express you know that that kind of artistic uh drive and and um i was just like well maybe let i mean let's make something and we started making shorts uh and they were really bad because nobody knew how to do anything nobody had any film experience or anything like that um they're all up on dead visions youtube but if anybody is interested in in what that looks like um 
so that was the tail end of 2018. And then in 2019, we made uh, Kindness of Strangers. We were like, let's actually try to do something like a little bit more real, a little bit more, um, you know, purposeful, I, I suppose. Not that the others weren't, but it was, it just felt different. Um, so yeah, it was a long, it was a long time. I, I'm still pretty new to all this, um, but uh, it's, I'm having a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's interesting you bring up James Bell because we talk about on the show a lot, you know, like forever, like independent film was like, you know, take resource of what you got and use that. And, but then there's these filmmakers and I would put you in there as well as like James Bell, who um, regardless of budget, like really like pushes the boundaries. Like, so it's like you don't allow budget to dictate your story. Do you like come up with the story first and then just try to work around it? Or do you kind of take resources of things you have? You know, that's a good question. I, um, I really try not to, um, it's kind of hard sometimes being at this, you know, budget bracket or whatever. Um, you kind of have to, to a certain extent, but I really try not to because you'd be surprised and now knowing, and that was like a big part of why I never thought that I could do it. Cause I just had no frame of reference for any of that. Um, I didn't know how to write a script for, you know, to shoot. I, I didn't know any of that. Um, so you do have to kind of like, well, I can't fucking make a huge, like, I don't know. I can't shoot in a big castle or, or make like an army of, you know, what, I, I don't know an example, but, um, but you'd be surprised at what you can, what you could get away with, you know, and, and I've been super fortunate to, to work with, with great actors that I've worked with on stage and, and that I know, um, and to be able to kind of, I shoot everything back in my hometown so far, um, which is kind of like the land of a thousand favors, you know, so you can kind of get away with a little bit more than if you were shooting in somewhere that you didn't know anybody and you kind of had to like pay for everything as far as like locations or whatever. Um, so I've been super fortunate in that way. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I really try not to, to, especially like when I'm coming up with, with ideas or um, when I'm like thinking about possible scripts or whatever, I try not to put any barriers on them the first go around. And then if I have to uh, tweak or, or whatever, I, I will. But um, because writing is my least favorite part of the process, if I have any kind of constraint on me, it'll just be like, I'll hate it. Um, mm. You know, so uh, that's, that's how I've been doing it uh, so far. And going back to your theater background, like how did you get into that? And how do you think that correlates into being like a director and working with actors? Yeah. I think it, it's directly related to my ability to even do it somehow, uh, somehow, anyhow, I, I don't, I don't know if I could do it if I, if I didn't have a, a an actor's uh, background. Um, I got into it really young. Um, it started, well, there were, um, weirdly enough, there were a lot of like children's theater that, uh, that was happening when I was very young growing up um in my hometown um and i was never like a sports kid i never really that was never my my thing um so i i really uh 
kind of gravitated towards the performance aspect of it. Um, and I, you know, it, it, it is a small town. There's a lot of the same people kind of doing it. Um, so a lot of the people that you'll see uh, in my films are, are people that I've known since I was very young and, uh, and worked with many times on, on stage. Um, uh, the, the guy who plays um, Arthur Crenshaw's dad in Freak, um, Ken Street, he was in my first professional theater production uh, when I was 10. So like, I've known that guy for forever, you know? Um, and it's just so weird. It's, it's a weird kind of thing to, you know, take a script to him and, and be like, Hey, I want you to do this. It's very funny. Um, but I think that, that having read scripts from a, an early age, having worked with a bunch of directors, knowing how I like to be directed, um, has really helped me be kind of like, I don't know, actor forward, I guess everybody like, I'm glad that, that when, when people see something that dead vision does, usually they'll, they'll say something about how the acting doesn't suck because, and I think that that was like a necessity for me because I didn't know how to make a movie. So I was like, well, if the movie sucks, at least the acting will be okay. (laughs) Always like a, a focus for me. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's helped tremendously, and I and I don't know if I would be able to do any of this uh, if it wasn't for that kind of background. So I think the first movie I became familiar with yours was Kindness of Strangers, and was very impressed by it. Especially the one thing I really liked about it was like how it builds in this way where it's like you don't expect the tonal shift towards the end because it's like it's very much almost a haunted house movie, and then boom, something happens at the end, and it gets insane. Um, where did the idea come from and what was some of your like inspirations behind that movie? Um, so the, it was a real life kind of inspiration. Um, it was the, uh, me and my, my girlfriend at the time, we were uh, staying in an Airbnb and it was the first time that I had ever done it. Um, and I was like, man, this like wigs me out because we had to like, they give you like a code sometimes to like get into these, these houses that you're staying in. And, it just kind of feels like you don't belong there, but you like, it feels like a house. It doesn't feel like a hotel. It was just like a super weird feeling um, that first time. And, uh, you know, and, and my girlfriend had said something cause I we were, I mean, I was kind of making these dumb little shorts and, and showing an interest, I guess. And like, writing more ideas or whatever and she was like oh this could be like kind of cool i was like yeah and i started to think about how you would do it um and and that's how it it all just came pretty uh, organically from that um and i wanted it to be kind of contained i wanted something originally to be shot um all from like all inside my parents house like that's all my parents house it's my parents basement like we didn't have to go very far um smallish cast you know of all the people that i knew that would um be down to do it um and i'm glad that people dig that one i i'm super proud of it still um it's cool to look back and like because I, I, I have a hard time watching the older stuff. I like kind of like to keep going forward. So it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, 
but every time I catch a little glimpse of it now and then I'm like, Oh man, that's like, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how that, uh, that came about. It was all super organic and it, um, it ended up being a super weird like length, but I, again, I looked at James Bell and I was like, he's making these weird length movies. So I guess I'll like put this out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that movie. It, it was, uh, it was really cool. I learned so much, so much making that movie. Yeah. And one thing I really love about it too, is like, it's so easy to just be like, Oh, we're going to make a movie really creepy. But then when you try to set out to do that, it can be extremely difficult. Was there ever a moment where you're like, I'm trying to genuinely scare people and that's intimidating? Like, how do you go about like, all right, how am I going to scare somebody? Oh, man, I. Uh, that's a I don't even know how to answer that question. I really try, but it's it is intimidating. I'm always intimidated. Um you know, there's some stuff in, and I'm sure that we'll get into it. There is some stuff in the, in the, in uncle Sleezo that we just made, um, in the, the middle segment that I'm like, I don't fucking know if this is going to work. I have no idea. Um, and with kindness to strangers, I knew that I wanted kind of like I, uh, that Texas massacre sort of style, that family, fear and the fear of like not being able to really go anywhere or have anybody help you that small town because I sometimes feel like that living in a small town um, or when I did uh, I wanted the the fear and the the paranoia to come out of that um, but some of this stuff just works like I hear all the time that when you see um, the the sun on the stairs like looking up like I hear that that's pretty scary. Um, and you know, um, Leslie Dame and, and Lonnie Ford who play the, uh, the owners of the, the house. I mean, they just destroy that movie. Um, and the, uh, the other two actors really sell it as well. Um, Eddie and Ava playing the, the couple. It's all about, I, I think that to sell something being scary, it has to be, it starts with, with the performance for me. I mean, you can do, you can set up the scariest set pieces you want, but it, uh, the people that are being scared have to have to sell it, you know? So um, I was super fortunate and continue to be super fortunate with, uh, with the people that want to come and make weird movies with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's so interesting. Like the the Airbnb concept was what brought forth kind of some strangers because, like, I always thought that whole the whole thing with Airbnb was super odd. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can stay in my house while I also live here for a couple of days. It is odd. It's super weird. It just like it feels creepy, just as as it's as it is. It's just like a weird kind of thing, and they like you know tell you the combinations to their house and they're like it's obviously a li someone lives here and you just like have to be like okay i'll be here for a couple days too it's weird it's weird <laughs> yeah and, and that's great too because it adds to that paranoia of the movie like almost like if nothing horror ever happened at the end it would still be a creepy movie because it's like you're always waiting for something because it just doesn't feel right <laughs> definitely yeah that is funny uh to go back just a little bit like how did dead vision productions begin yeah so um 
I moved to uh, to Manhattan. Um, I guess I moved in 2016. Um, I, I got a job at this uh, this place called uh, the McKittrick Hotel, um, which is a, a kind of an immersive uh, theatrical experience we have there called uh, called Sleep No More. Um, anyway, I started that job in 2018. Um, and that's where I met kind of a lot of people. I, and I moved to, I moved to Manhattan to be an actor. Like I thought that that's what I was going to do. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, that's a tough kind of life. That's a lot of waiting around, like I said, waiting for other people's permission to tell you that you can do stuff, you know, that's pretty much all it is. Um, so I started working at the McKittrick hotel. Um, and I met a lot of people that were kind of in that same boat, you know, um, just kind of like burnt out on, on waiting for hours and hours and hours in a line just to be seen for like 30 seconds and be like, you know, thank you so much. We'll never call you or see you again. Um, so I, uh, I became friends with, uh, with a couple of guys that, um, well, I'm, it, it started with, uh, with my friend, Sam, um, we kind of clicked right away, both being, you know, genre fans. Um, and we were like, let's, let's write a script. You want to just like do something? Let's just like write a script. That uh, was how it started. We, and we were like, okay. So we met at a coffee shop at, uh, like every week um, to, to write this script. It, the idea was like this kind of like weird, like mumblecore serial killer movie. I can't even remember now, but we never wrote the script. All we did was talk about all of the other things that we ever wanted to do, like had ideas for. Um, so we were like, okay, well, we have all of these ideas. And by this time, uh, my friend Eddie also came in and was kind of meeting with us. So it was the three of us that were compiling this, this master list of all th these ideas. Um, we were like, all right, well, we have these things that we, we are excited about and that we want to do. And we have a f like so many people that we know that are just down to do stuff that are down to create and to just have fun, you know, cause we're not getting to make anything. So we were like, let's knock these out one by one. Let's just kind of run through them and, and see what happens. Let's, let's make stuff. And that's how Dead Vision Productions came about. We formed like a little production company and we were just making, um, you know, we were just making little horror shorts. Um, after Kindness of Strangers and before the world shut down, um, Sam and Eddie kind of, just, we decided that, that it wasn't kind of the thing that they had, uh, originally thought that it was and and they uh we kind of split ways i took dead vision and i kind of went uh in one direction with it um and then you know we uh, made uh freak um i partnered up with my now producing partner um matt Sorensen, who has made freak with me and and now uh uncle Slezo. um but yeah that's that's really how it was it was born you know it was born out of this just 
this dream of making cool shit with my friends, you know, that's all I've really ever cared to do. Um, my favorite filmmakers, that's what they do. You know, they have that energy of just like, we're just making what we want to make with the people we want to make it with, you know? Um, and I've always been super attracted to that. Um, that's what it's all about for me. That's what it will continue to be uh, all about for me. It's a very important part uh, of this whole thing. So that's how it, yeah, that's how it happened. It was, uh, it was super kind of exciting and fun to compile everything and to get all of our friends at work involved. Um, it was really, it was awesome. Uh, and um, you talked a little bit about Freak a little bit. Where did the ideal for Freak come from and how much of an undertaking was it creating something like Arthur Crenshaw? <laughs> it was, it was a lot of work. Um, I had been kind of ruminating on that um, for a while when, when, you know, when you decide that you want to make horror movies, I think that uh, one of the first kind of ideas or, or inklings that you have is to make a slasher movie. I mean, for me, that's kind of like, I, I wanted to make a slasher movie forever. Um, I didn't want to do kind of a, um, a normal one in the way of like, this is a, a guy in a mask or this is, you know, a, a, a creature in a suit. I kind of wanted to, we kind of wanted to go uh, in a different way. Um, so that's kind of how Arthur Crenshaw came about. Um, but that being said, I also did want to make it like a, a human story. Like I didn't want him to be kind of an other, otherworldly sort of deal. I don't really, I, I, don't think it's important that we know what's wrong with him, what he, what happened to him to make him look like that. But he's a guy, you know, um, as much as he might not look like one. Uh, and that was super important as well. So yeah, it was once that I, I wrote the script pretty fast. Um, I kind of had poached parts and, and uh, you know, specific kills or set pieces or whatever from from different things uh there was actually a script that i had that i wanted to shoot um that was very similar in theme but but uh the the creature or whatever was living in the subway tunnels um that's i i poached a lot from that um so yeah when it was time to make the movie we were like, okay, well, we have to like build this thing, right? And Matt uh, had just gotten his master's in in puppetry and, and puppet construction, so we uh, he was like, I don't really know how to do this, but we can try. So we built this puppet. I mean, this huge thing. It took a long time. Um, once that was done, the shoot was really fast. I mean, we shot in sixteen days. Um, God, I loved making that movie. That was so fun. It was so hard, but it was really, really fun. Um, yeah, it was It was just crazy how that all happened. I mean, that was not supposed to happen. So we, um, I made Kindness to Strangers. Um, Sam and Eddie uh, left the band. Um, and then the the world kind of shut down, it, you know, as everybody knows. And right before that, I was supposed to 
be in a production of Frankenstein with Matt directing um, like on stage. Uh, that obviously didn't happen. And so we were like, what, what are we going to do? We don't have anything to do. And so I was like, well, we could make a movie. I just did that. I kind of like am pretty high on that right now. So let's do that. So I wrote it and we made it. Uh, and it's like really fun. I'm super, super proud of that movie. Um, one thing about Freak that I really enjoy too is that you set out to make a slasher, but so often in like today's realm, when someone's making a backwood slasher or a slasher, they want to go like the so bad it's good route and like almost make it like a parody of the genre. I love that like you genuinely wanted to make a good slasher because you know like even the bad ones back in the day no one set out to do that you know so i was really impressed with the fact that like you're like all right we're not just gonna make this we're gonna make it genuinely creepy we're gonna make it like a straightforward slasher most of the kills are gnarly man (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah i um i love those movies i i'll watch anything you know i'm a i'm a bottom feeder i watch i watch it all um but yeah, as far as like my own kind of sensibility, as far as when I make something, um, I don't necessarily like. I I want to make a a good movie. Like I, whether or not I succeed, that's I don't know. But I that's always the plan. I'm I'm not aiming to to make anything like. That being said, I know what it is. I know where I stand in the budget world, in the frick, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm i not making a, a huge, it's not a huge production. It's not anything like that. So there is going to be some of that that I can't, you know, scrub out. Of course it's there. The effects could be better. The, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But that being said, I try to make a good movie. I I try to, you know, with the acting or with the uh, effects or with the, you know, whatever. Um, If I, my, if I, any part of anything that I make, if I fool you a little bit and you, you're like, Oh man, like I wouldn't have normally seen that in a pocket. We make, we made freak for like, I don't know, like $2,000 or something like that. It was like nothing, no amount of money. But if, if you're like, oh, I wouldn't have expected that in a movie like this or in a movie with this budget, then like, I'm so happy. Um, if any part of it uh, makes anybody feel like that, I'm like, man, that's cool. Um, but yeah, so thank you for saying that. I, I do like, you know, we, we really tried to, to make a cool, I didn't really want to, I wanted the tropes that needed to be there to be there. Um, but I also just, you know, I wanted you to feel bad for him. I wanted you to to have fun. I mean, it's a fun movie after all, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I'm, thank you for saying that. It's very nice. Uh, something I've noticed too about your films is like at their core, they're human dramas and human stories. Like, the horror stuff and the supernatural stuff is around it, but you look at like Kindness of Strangers and Freak, at their very core, they're almost like family dramas. Does that stem from like the theater background or where does that come from? It's an interesting question. Um, I I think that it stems from me. Um, 
I, you know, I, those are what I connect with most. Um, when I, you know, watch a movie, when I am affected by whether it be a horror movie or whatever, I'm most affected by the, um, the human aspects of it and, and human fear or the, you know, human experience just in general. Um, so I really want to tap into that um, in, in whatever, even kind of something as silly and we'll get into it. I'm sure, uh, as, as Sleezo, Sleezo is by far the weirdest thing that I've ever made, but there are still like in, in one segment in particular, um, very human kind of story, very, uh, very easily kind of like identifiable as something that, that somebody could experience. Um, and I felt that was super uh, important, uh, even going from kindness to strangers, you know, the fear of kind of isolation, the fear of of not having anybody to turn to when shit goes wrong, you know, um, that small town kind of mentality. Um, and then into Freak, that fear of like, otherness you know feeling different which i i've always found going way back to to those universal monsters i've i've always felt that that was kind of what made those work and what what makes them continue to be kind of those pillars of of horror is is just like very human um you know fears and and feelings um so yeah, I, I really I, I do try to to put everything um, kind of on the back of something a little bit more relatable and and something human. That's not to say that I wouldn't love to to make a movie that isn't like that. But um, the next uh, even the next couple, uh, I have two scripts um, that come to mind that that I'm really excited to shoot um, that are like super personal and super. Uh, brutal they'll be my kind of foray into the more uh extreme sort of stuff which i'm like super excited about because uh i'm a big fan um but yeah but again rooted in something really really human and and uh and identifiable um it's very important to me and it was recently announced that freak got picked up by wild eye um, how did that come about and is there a release date on that yet? Um, I've heard May, but that's all that I know. Um, yeah, so we, um, picked up by Wildeye. That's right. So, uh, I am, I've become friends with, uh, with Matt, uh, who runs horror boobs, uh, for any of you tape heads out there. Um, he puts out a lot of, uh, of really rad, uh, movies uh, on, on VHS. And, uh, he had put out freak. He had done this really beautiful edition freak. Uh, he put kindness of strangers on there too. Um, and he made a little toy, a little Arthur Crenshaw toy, um, which is super cool. And after that, he was like, Hey, like, I know, um, the wild eye guys, did you, are you ever like looking to not self-distribute because that's all we'd ever done up until that point. And I was like, I mean, I'll talk to him. Sure. Like, that's great. Um, 
So I talked to the guy, he was like super nice. Um, and then I reached out to, to my friend, uh, Nathan Rumler, who makes, um, you know, he made uh, Amityville Vibrator and Fang Boner. He, he had done Fang Boner through uh, Wild Eye. Um, and so after talking to somebody that, that you know, went through it and, and uh, I was like, let's just, I mean, let's give it a shot. So I signed with wild eye and and i mean the cover i don't know if you've seen the cover the cover mm-hmm. is beautiful and they cut a trailer which is fine um yeah i'm i i'm looking forward to to seeing what it, i woke up the other day and it was like everywhere yeah i didn't know that they were gonna i didn't know that they were gonna uh post that i didn't know i i was shown the poster a little early and told not to say anything about it so i didn't but then i woke up and like it was like it was everywhere, which was cool and exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what that does. What, um, you know, it just to help give that little bit more of like legitimacy and, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I thought it was really cool to see like you getting the exposure. There was one side that we talked about this in the brain terror interview that kind of pissed me off a little bit. I won't lie where it was like shitty slasher rip off. I'm like, ah, come on now. <laughs> And I know, and that's the one thing, if I had to fucking complain about one thing, that, like, the whole Jason Voorhees angle was was not, obviously not anything that I had anything to do with. Um, Which, like, I was like, fucking, god damn it. Because, like, now, anybody that watches that movie is going to go in and be like, oh, fucking Jason. Mm. And that's not what I wanted. That's not, that's not what it is. But I get it. You got to fucking get eyes on it. I understand the angle and I didn't pay for any of the fucking, uh, you know, I didn't pay for it to be on Rue Morgue or whatever. So like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm over it. But I was also like, all right. All right. (laughs) Like fucking, I get it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and moving on to the latest project, and before we talk about it, I just generally want to say, and I'm not saying this because we're talking to you right now, we fucking love oh, Hotel yeah. Sleezo. Like, generally, we thought this was, like, the kind of horror movie that horror fans need to rally behind. Yes. Like, it fucking, it's incredible in every step of the way. But um, where did the ideal come from? Thank you for saying that. That's, that's really fucking awesome to hear. Um, especially with this one, I didn't know how it was going to be received. Um, so it's really nice that people are, are, are digging it and, and thank you for, for taking the time to watch it. Um, so the idea for Uncle Sleezo was kind of came around like backwards. So after freak, somebody, some random guy reached out and was like, Hey, um i really like freak i want to give you some money to make a short for my anthology that i'm making with like these people so and so and so and i was like all right i we don't really have anything to do right now that'd be fun so we made this short the money i never saw the money and i never heard from the guy again but we ended up with this short um that we really liked and uh we were like all right um what are we gonna do with this because like i don't really ever know what to do with shorts you can do the festival route which we did with with with, uh transferal that was the short that that it was um the last segment in slizo um 
so we did festivals for a little while and it, and it did well, but, but I didn't want to like put it up on YouTube and, and have it kind of live and die there, you know? Um, so Matt Sorensen and I were talking and we were like, we could do an anthology. And I was like, yeah, we could, what would that look like? And then we like tossed ideas back and forth and we were like, you know, it would be really fun to do like a, a horror host style like cable access show sort of wrap around and and have the segments be the movies that he shows and i was like yeah and we could shoot the commercials too <laughs> and then that just kind of spiraled out of control there and we like wrote down all of these commercials like these this huge list of like all these funny ideas for commercials and and um so that's how it it came about it we had one segment before there was a movie um and then we took the next year to to shoot everything else we were this was a this was a long long project because we shot kind of everything segmented um and uh yeah from from the first from shooting transferal, if you count that to to now, I mean it's over a year, which is insane. Um, the lead who plays Uncle Sleazy oh is so good. fucking fantastic. Where did you find him? What was it like casting him and working with him? So he's a theater guy. Um, I've worked with with Jordan for for a long time. Matt and I both. Um, he so when we were thinking of the the hosts and like having that idea we were like it's got to be jordan right and we were like yeah 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 no that there's no there's nobody else that we want it to be so we kind of wrote it for him we kind of wrote it in his voice knowing hoping that he would want to do it and he thankfully said yes and he i mean he's so good he's just like what it it is, you know, there was, there was really no other, if he was like, no, I don't want to do this. We would have been fucked. Cause like <laughs> we put all our eggs in that basket. Um, yeah, no, he's so funny. And that day we shot all of the Sleezo stuff in, in one day. Um, that was such a fun day. He was, he just came so excited and he was like, I have bits that I want to do. And like, I think if we punch up this joke or I have, uh, Jack Daniels bottles that'll get bigger every time I every time we come back and I'm like all right that's great he's like I have a face that I'm gonna make here and like all this shit. like he was just like so excited and uh as 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 we're recording this I I haven't heard from him uh we sent it to him I haven't heard from him I I should call him because uh I really want to hear what he has to say because uh he's he's so good he's so good and like a classically trained like theater guy, like a for real theater actor, and uh, just so funny to have him doing the dumb stuff we had him do. It was, it was really great. Another thing I love about Sleezo is 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 the commercials. Mm -hmm. They are fucking hilarious. Yep. <laughs> like the the uh, the Arthur Crenshaw one is amazing. Yes. <laughs> and. Uh, like there's so many of those. I'm like, I would just watch a feature length movie of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they were really fun to, to kind of figure out where we wanted to go with that. Um, there, there was a world when, when we, 
kind of were first coming up with the idea and and uh, figuring out that we wanted to do commercials i really wanted to do like a very like tim and eric like super weird sort of style with them um i kind of moved away from it but there was one that i couldn't bear to let go of from that like idea um and it was the uh the discreet death disposal um yeah. right <laughs> top that's still just like super odd you know <laughs> it's really funny so we kept it um but yeah the commercials were super fun um and we wanted to do the film trailers as well like to have some fake trailers in there um yeah i wanted the the segments to be kind of like the meat obviously yeah uh, and most of them, I know the the first one is is schlocky and silly and and weird, but the the last two, um, you know, are are pretty serious. Uh, so if that was the case, I kind of wanted the 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 trailers or the the commercial breaks to have a little bit more fun to them, um, and for people to to laugh because uh, they're I mean they're they're so funny they're silly. Yeah, I think that that choice to like have the shorts to be kind of serious was actually a fucking great choice because it's like that would be what public access is like. But yeah, your your public access commercials are gonna be weird and goofy and silly, but then he's gonna show movies, you know. So the movies don't have to be bad, you know. <laughs> so oh, I thought that was a great choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that that's if you're making which I don't think that this is a horror comedy, but but. Um, if for me the the most effective horror comedy works when you when you leave the horror scary and when you leave the funny funny you know um that's when it works best for me when you try to mix them it can kind of get a little muddy like how but um but i kind of went into sleezo with the same kind of sensibility like well let's leave transferal alone because this is what this is and soulmate obviously is very you know serious um but we can have whatever kind of fucking weird fun we want with uh, with these commercials. So that was really like freeing and, and nice. Um, and it also like let us cover a whole bunch of bases. You know, we 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 could do so much packed into this little thing. You know, I was like, we need some animation. We need some, you know, puppets. We need some whatever. You know, it was like just such a big range of of things that we we wanted to do and, and got to do because of the layout of it as a whole package the movie works so well um but in particular i want to talk about one short because it literally blew me away and that was soulmate it's so fucking good where did the ideal for that come from because i genuinely thought that was a fucking masterpiece <laughs> Wow, thank you. Um, I uh, I'm I'm super happy with with how that uh, came out. Um, yeah. So once we had transferal uh, and we were thinking about um, the the other two segments, we pretty early on agreed that that since transferal is kind of like a little alien sort of deal, um, otherworldly, I guess. Uh, we were like, okay, let's do a monster movie and let's do a, a ghost movie. To kind of you know check all three like boxes i guess so um in thinking about the ghost movie i didn't i didn't want to go kind of the 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 easy way out of how to get a ghost somewhere you know with just like oh i found a ouija board let's do ouija you know um i wanted it to kind of be a little bit more 
um, I don't know, urgent, not urgent, urgent's not the right word, but just a, just a different way of, of getting you to that supernatural place. Um, and, uh, you know, in thinking about, um, kind of doing it in like a, like a romantic sort of style and like a love story weirdly. Um, and it kind of all, it all came pretty organically. Um, I had a really good time writing that script and that doesn't usually happen. That's usually my least favorite part. Um, but it all just, I, I was, had, I had a good time uh, writing that idea and writing the script. Um, and again, I wrote for that cast, um, thankfully, because they all were down to do it and they're all phenomenal. So I, I could like kind of tap into their voices individually, which helped. Um, and yeah, I've always been super interested in like the idea of soulmates in general, you know, that idea is just kind of like odd to me. Um, but if that is something that you believe, you know, the, the odds that you would meet that person, that one person, you know, uh, are pretty slim. And what if that person isn't alive? What if you never get to meet them? What if, you know, whatever. Um, so playing with that idea and, and if you found that out, what would you do? How far would you go to, to kind of make contact or whatever? And, th and that's kind of how it, it happened. Um, and yeah, I, I'm very proud of, of that one. Um, there's a lot in that, that I think, um, is the best work of, of mine, um, so far, which is super exciting. Um, it's always nice when that's the, the, the most recent one, <laughs> you don't want to be the one that you did before. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, enjoyed that one. Uh, I enjoy it as well. I don't know if you see Uncle Caesar this way, but it almost feels like the uh, the horror host version of like scary stories they tell in the dark, almost. Where it's like these like has like almost like these moral tales in them as well. Mm. That's awesome. I I I love uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, yeah, I, I really did want it to feel that way I, I wanted the stories to feel like stories like i wanted you to be able uh, or someone to be able to like tell the story if, if you wanted to you know like any one of those you could be like oh uh once upon a time there was this guy he was alone he gets a knock at the door there's someone he doesn't know and then their chest rips open and tentacles come out you know like i i want it like soulmate and and beta wolf are the same way you know you could tell that story um and i wanted them to be bite-sized and i wanted them to really feel like like a true anthology you know um i didn't know how to do that. I, I was kind of just winging it really. We all were. Um, but I'm really glad that it, that it helps. And, and, um, that's awesome that, that it, it plays like that because that was, that was all we could have ever wanted for it. And, uh, when can people expect to see it? Cause I'm telling everybody right now, it's a day one buy. You got to get it. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Um, 
So we're going to have it available on Dead Vision. Um, we are shipping all of the, the Indiegogo perks um, at the end of this month. Um, and then it'll go up like right after that, like the day after it, it ships, you know, we, we, or the day after we ship everything for, for Indiegogo, I'll, I'll put it up on the site, you know? So, uh, end of March is, is, is the goal. Um, but if not, I mean, for whatever reason, like the first week of April, but, but uh, end of March is, is what I'm, uh, what I'm aiming for. Awesome. And like I said, everybody needs to go pick it up. It's a fantastic anthology. Like I said, it's the kind of horror film that as horror fans, we need to get behind and push. So and of course of the other films as well, but Oh yeah, for sure. But <laughs> Uncle Sleezo is, it, it's so fucking good. It's, it's one of the best uh, movies that come out in the horror scene in a while. I think. Wow. Damn. Thank you so much. That's uh, that means a lot. Thank you. A movie we didn't really touch on, but I'm curious how you got involved with it, and it was one I really enjoyed as well. Was uh, your short and symbolic as volume two? Like, how'd that come about? Sure. Um, well, Marcus has become a, a buddy. Um, you know, we we touch base every now and again, and and he reached out um, to ask if I if I had anything, if I wanted to do it. Um, and I was in the throes of freak. Um, and I was like, is this, is there kind of like a, a time on this? And he was like, well, um, I'm doing a lot of, like, I'm doing a few volumes. So like volume two, uh, would be great. And I was like, that's awesome. So, um, he was like, I want you to do something really weird. I want it to be like, and obviously incorporate the, the symbol. So I, and I just whipped up the idea really quick i just wanted it to be kind of down and dirty we did it like as soon as right after freak came out i shot that like right after so i was kind of like reeling from from all of the freak stuff and and um but it was really cool it was a fun exercise it was something that i had never really done before um that kind of like style of of whatever and and uh yeah, he really compiled some some great folks to be in that, and I was uh, honored to be asked. It was really really fun. Um, we're in really like a boom period of indie horror right now. You know, indie horror seems to kind of go in, in like ebbs and flows. What do you attribute the boom to right now? Like, you got yourself, Jonathan Doe, James Bell's out there, Marcus Cook. You know, so many indie filmmakers are dropping really good stuff. You know, what do you attribute all that to? Man, I. You, you're totally right. It does ebb and flow. Um, I think that it just, it might just come down to, to being exposed to, oh, man, God, this is, that's a hard question. I, I'm not sure what to attribute it to. I mean, I think that we're in a boom for horror in general. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, that there's a lot of stuff coming out, obviously. And I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out. I think there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. And as for, and for however many reboots and remakes and, and familiar, you know, IPs that, that we're seeing, I think there is just as many uh, originals that are, that are coming out and, and, and cool ones, you know, and like, you know, uh, 
the stuff that, you know, A24 does or, or however you feel about that. Or, or you know, I, I think that 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 the um, the output right now is is very high. And I, I think that that would somehow um, trickle all the way down to to us underground guys, you know, um, <laughs> And I also think that that accessibility has a lot to do with it. I mean, it's been accessible for a few years now, but but it has never been cheaper or easier to to make a movie. I mean, than right now, you can you can literally just do it whenever with on a weekend with your friends. You, you yeah. can do it. Um, so I think that 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 is is obviously plays a role um but it's just man it, it's cool and it's cool to be in on it you know at, at wh- however i am you know uh god that's a good question I, i'll have to think about that <laughs> I don't, I, i've never really thought about it but you're totally right it's like wow there's a lot of fucking good stuff coming out right now in the underground and it's just like man i wonder why i wonder why I mean, I'll take it. I, I, man, it's so exciting and it's so cool to kind of just like see all these people that 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 you know I talk to and that are that have said nice things about something that I've done or whatever. Um, just kind of making some cool. I just got you know the Degenerates on on Blu-ray. I can't wait to watch that. I haven't checked it out yet. Um, you know, um, Brandon, who you just had on, which I'm excited for that episode. Um, just, uh, you know, he's making stuff. Um, every, I mean, James, of course, just fucking killing it. Brian, Paul, and I can't wait for fucking septic. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I can't wait for, for all of it. It's just so cool. Yeah. And it's always interesting because I've been following, you know, indie underground, whatever you want to call it for, you know, a long time since the early 2000s. And you will see like these like, these peaks and valleys for sure. Like a crop of filmmakers will come and then for whatever reason, it kind of dies down. So it's always exciting when like the underground is getting the love it's getting right now for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's really, it's so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'll take it. Keep it coming. So before we, uh, wrap this up what's next what's the future hold for you well um after i'm gonna take the summer off of filming uh i'm gonna kind of hunker down and write some um but uh we start freak two in the winter um and it's a script that i am so excited about uh better kills better backstory you know we'll we'll really delve into it um i'm super excited about that i've got kind of the next uh at least after freak two i've got the next couple of of scripts that that i would uh, really like to make happen um and again everything that i'm uh super excited about sleezo kind of came on as like something that I wasn't expecting to, to make because it, it grew from this short that was supposed to be for somebody else, you know? So this was not an accident, but, but definitely not planned, you know? So, um, I'm, I'm excited to, to, of course, I'm, I'm so fucking happy about Sleezo and, and I love that it, that it happened, but, um, 
I am excited to get back to kind of the regularly scheduled programming of what I had in mind, you know? Um, so yeah, freak two. And then, um, and then whatever's next. It's, uh, pretty exciting, exciting stuff over at dead vision land. Hell yeah. And we look forward to everything. You know, we've been really impressed with your work. You only keep Absolutely. getting better. So whatever the future holds, we'll be right there with you. <laughs> I really appreciate that guys. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Is there anything you want to plug socials, anything like that before we let you go? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, deadvisionproductions.com. Um, that's where, that's the website. That's where you'll find the shop. If you want to pick anything up, um, free kindness of strangers on there already. But, uh, like we're talking about uncle Sleezo's toxic and terrifying TV hour will be up there, um, at the end of the month. Um, I'm everywhere, social media, um, dead vision productions everywhere. But if you want to find me lucky Saruti, um, I'm there as well. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. Well, once again, sir, we want to appreciate you coming on and everybody go by Uncle Sleeza when it comes out. It's well worth the time. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, guys. This was really, this was a lot of fun. I love this show. Uh, thank you. Thank you.